rolling. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 975, December 6, 2022. And I need some trumpet music, some uh, fanfare, that kind of thing. I need a little fanfare. You're going to have to give me a second. Just a little pre-show meeting would, uh, you know. I forgot. You know, know, it can't be that difficult. You know. What happened to my button bar? Here, I got it. No, you don't. I got it. (laughs) I got it. Matthew, are you in today? As far as you know. The 63 right degrees on this day in 1939. That's the last appearance of a 60 for this that? year. Uh, 19 below on this day in 1972. Now, as soon as Feb 15, we could hit 60 again. The first 60 that ever showed up on the calendar was 63 degrees on Feb 15, 1921. So somebody else can do the math about how many days we are between... Well, John thinks there's 31 days in November, so don't ask him. <laughs> okay. Thanks. So how many days are we between 60s? Uh, the rest of this month? 15, 31, 60. that's 30, that's 47, and whatever's left of this month. 53. 47. So that's not much, and for a 21st-er, it's it's just wonderful news. So uh, Yeah, you're inching close. 72 days. We're 72 days between 60s here in the great... Northland. And now from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. Uh, Scott Mature out in Montana. Uh, link me to a piece from a site called Montana Talks. Okay. And uh, according to David Veneer, a senior research scientist at the Climate Research Unit of the University of East Anglia, within a few years, winter snowfall will become a very rare and exciting event. He said that in the year 2000. He actually went on to say the kids would not know what snow was. 22 years later, uh, Montana has broken records. Matura has shoveled for the 10th time. Wow. And the uh, snow has exceeded all climate change hysteria activism. Where's Matura at? Bozeman? Bozeman or Billings. Mind your business, Bill. Right. (laughs) Just thought I'd add that. Okay. Good stuff, Joe. I might as well get to the... uh, Don't bury the lead. I'm not going to bury the lead. (laughs) And I verified this. uh, I finally settled on a piece from Spiked, which is a great site in the UK for great writing and uh, great reporting and... I hesitate to do this, but I feel I owe it to you. Mm Mm-hmm. And I really do hesitate to do this because I can guarantee you it will be coming here. There's a county in England called Oxfordshire. Sure. Oxfordshire. It's between London and Birmingham. Birmingham. Birmingham, yes. Birmingham. Birmingham. Yes. A couple hundred thousand people. Okay. Uh, it's, in other words, it's north and west of London. 
And their uh, city council is ruled by the Labor and Green Party. The Labor Party, I believe, in England is the Liberal Party. Okay. And uh, most people will know Oxford is Britain's oldest seat of learning. Hmm. Like that was the first, not like, but that was the first school. But according to the Sunday Times, it is better known to its residents for its gridlock traffic. In past decades, town planners might have looked at this problem of high levels of congestion and drawn up plans for new and wider roads. But today's planners are gripped by an anti-car ideology. So this would be about the same size as Ramsey County. Yeah. Roughly. Their focus is less on helping people get around than in reducing our use of cars by any means necessary. To this end, Oxfordshire County Council, which is run by Labor, the Liberal Democrats, and the Green Party, wants to divide the city of Oxford into six 15-minute districts. Six 15-minute districts. In these districts, it is said, most household essentials will be accessible by a quarter of an hour walk or bicycle ride, and students, uh, sorry, residents will have no need for a car. <laughs> oh, my God. On the surface, these 15-minute neighborhoods might sound pleasant and convenient, but there is a coercive edge. The council plans to cut car use and traffic congestion by placing strict rules on car journeys. Under the new proposals... If any of Oxford's 150,000 residents drives outside of their designated district more than 100 days a year, he and he or she could be fined. Wow. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> There's going to wow. be fines and suspensions? Do not leave your allotted zone at least most of the time. That is the policy. Or it could soon be after Oxfordshire County Council decides on the matter on 29 November. So I'm reading this a little late from Spike, but they've already decided this. Although there is public consultation that is still ongoing, the council is likely to overrule any objections from residents. Because what do we have to say about anything? Labor Councilor Duncan, Duncan Enright, cabinet member for travel and development, has already declared that the policy is going to happen definitely. Wow. Run by Labor Administration, Oxford City Council takes a similar line. In local, its local plan 2040 places a strong emphasis upon the concept of the 15-minute city. Foremost in its vision and strategy, strategy is not residence, but the environment. Oxford, we learn, is a human-scale city. It has the potential to enable residents to live in a healthy and sustainable way, for example, because of the possibility of traveling by active modes. I'm hearing all the words I hear from our streets, Minneapolis, such wow. as by bike and on foot, which is yeah. why it is such a sustainable location for development, including jobs and housing. The environment will be central to everything we do, clearly. Oxford City Council sees the 15-minute district concept as the key to the city's flourishing, not just lowering emissions of CO2 and particulates. So where did this 15-minute city concept come from? The answer is from an unholy mix of the U.K. Labor Party, the American plutocracy, the United Nations, and French academia. Okay. Wow. The concept of the 15-minute city was born with C40, chaired today by London Mayor Sadiq Khan. 
C40 calls itself a network of mayors of nearly 100 world-leading cities collaborating to deliver the urgent action needed now to confront the climate crisis. There is no crisis. Central to the birth of the project was another former London mayor, Ken Livingstone. Livingstone was often explicit in his anti-car ideology. In 1999, shortly before coming mayor, Livingstone famously remarked, I hate cars. If I ever get power again, I'd ban the lot of them. Wow. (laughs) As mayor in 2005, Livingstone staged the first C20 climate change summit. Within a year, his initiative was backed by former U.S. President Bill Clinton's Charitable Foundation. Ah. In 2007, billionaire New York City Mayor Mike Bloomberg hosted the second summit. By this point, the group had been renamed C40 as it featured 36 mayors from major global cities. The C40 mayors would later be invited to the U.N.'s COP21 climate conference in Paris in 2015. The mayors basked in the green limelight, staking their claim as crucial voices in shaping and advocating a strong summit agreement. I think that was a paid gig. They got all expenses paid to get there. Mm Mm-hmm. Significantly, it was at COP21 that Carlos Moreno, a professor at the Sorbonne in Paris, presented the idea of the 15-minute city. For Moreno, the concept was simple. Why does a noisy and polluted street need to be a noisy and polluted street? Moreno even sounds humanistic when he proclaims that cities must adapt to humans, not the other way around. Yet there is little pro-human about the concept. And the fact that it took the COVID lockdowns to give the idea a boost. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is telling in this regard. Mm-hmm. The big moment for the 15-minute city came in 2020 when the Socialist Party candidate for mayor of Paris, Anne Hidalgo, won re-election. Much of her campaign was based around the 15-minute concept. As Politico noted earlier this year, Hidalgo's pitch was to turn the French capital into a city of proximity where children walk to school and residents know their local baker. Struck a chord at a time when COVID-19 lockdowns meant people were suddenly spending a lot of time in their own neighborhoods. Enthusiasm for the idea sparked similar campaigns in Dublin, Barcelona, Milan, and Lisbon. Hmm. (coughs) Excuse me. Perfect health. Just last month, C40 announced partnership with the U.N. Habitat, Carlos Moreno, and the Danish property investor NREP, which manages 7 million square meters of real estate across Denmark, Finland, Sweden, Norway, and Poland. The project aims to fund a new green and thriving neighborhoods program, deliver proof of concept for 15-minute city policies, and empower cities around the globe to implement Ambitious, net zero, and people-centered neighborhoods. Advocates like to present 15-minute cities as people-centered, but we should be skeptical of these claims given that they only seem to come from high-placed politicians, wealthy institutions, and out-of-touch academics. And it was only after lockdowns that the previously unthinkable idea of, confi- of confining people to their local areas for their greater good was able to gain currency. Hmm. Mm-hmm. As usual, it was ordinary. It is ordinary people who will suffer the costs of the 15-minute city, particularly urban car owners and families 
who regularly travel across town to visit relatives or friends or go to work. And we should not forget the needs of older citizens, those with disabilities and children, as well as the women who so often look after them. The many practical problems of the 15-minute city are easy to see. Advocates seem to have forgotten that simply bad weather can make a car indispensable. And as Oxford City Council concedes, while most of the city has very good accessibility to a center, there are clearly a few areas outside of this 15-minute walk. This means that residents will have to content themselves with local centers, though these have a much smaller range of facilities and are often slightly less connected by public transport. People-centered, hardly. So um, you're, you're working on uh, uh, a shaft for an engine, and it needs a new bearing. And in order to get the bearing pounded onto the shaft, you'd have to travel over to, uh, I'd have to travel out to Blaine. See you. Well, there's a couple of reasons why that would not happen. There wouldn't be any shaft for me to work on or any bearings available right. because those are affectations of well white privilege of freedom. Oh. Well, Oxfordshire, uh, that's where Clarkson has a farm. Well, that's where he lives. And he better get out. And so I didn't hear you mention anything about lorries or tractors right? <laughs> or people that actually work in London. How are they going to commute be, on a daily basis? Because meatheads like this can't link. What's going to happen here? What is posed as a revival of Britain's green and pleasant land is, in fact, a coercive drive to put motorists on a leash. Those homes with a car will have to count how many times they use it to cross town. There will be permits, penalties, and almost certainly more ubiquitous surveillance. All of this just so that Oxford officialdom, which has declared a climate emergency, can claim to be achieving the council's net zero carbon Oxford vision by 2040. Won't they go broke? I mean, it, this, this sounds like it's financially uh, not feasible. Everyone will go broke except the elite who have enough to withstand this. Not for the first time, or indeed the last, the net zero agenda seems to have taken far too much inspiration from those illiberal days of COVID lockdown. This was written by James Woodhusen, a visiting for professor of forecasting innovation at London's South Bank University. And Joe, this is over and above the new highway code that went into effect earlier this year, where virtually everybody has to yield to pedestrians and bicycles, right? Right. So this is over and above that. Yeah, but more importantly, there's shops that need supplies. There's restaurants that need chicken right. and beef. That's why and I brought up lorries. Which is a truck, Rook. Yeah. I thought it was the name of a gal. Right. He knew in London. That was my old work wife. What's, Her name what's was taking wife. place, this, this, oh, yeah, this, this madness that's taking place mm. is a refudiating of... Where we are today, how can and this that not... we apparently got here wrong, and that we're smarter than you, and we're going to tell you how it should be? How can this not be met with violent protests? Well, how I... come they're not burning down the the, the government? Even centers? more so, what I was going to say is, isn't this just going to result in a lot of these people saying, "Well, we're moving. I'm not living here." But is there any way to escape this in all of England? Well, or is there any way to escape this in any part of Western civilization? Yeah, that's the better question. 
Can't you, can you understand now why it was important to, to examine just who is the power behind something called One, yeah, Our 100, Streets Minneapolis? 100%. Unfortunately, we're the only ones making noise on this. That's crazy. It's, it's so unthinkable. It's, How unthinkable is it? It's that it's it blows your mind to think that they're processing this, that it's gotten this far. Mm-hmm. But you're right, Such, and you mentioned it. This is the final goal um, of our streets. Right. You would think in this country it will be met with protests. And when I say in this country, I'm afraid it is coming here inevitably. Think of all the driving cities there are where you have to drive. Minneapolis, one of them, Los Angeles. Even more so, think of all the manufacturers. Dallas. Think of how big General Motors is, Ford, Chrysler. Oh, they're already on board with with this new... Oh, they caved... Instantly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but these people are not talking about making electric cars. They're talking about getting rid of all the cars. Right. And then you keep yeah. adding nothing but common sense. You keep saying, well, what about getting the beans to the store? And right. what about, well, all of that. Horseback? Is, well, all of that yeah. is thought yeah. to be the problem. What do you mean? We. Oh, uh, because we consume? We're consumers? The, the, the people in the failed academy, in the elites in the political academy, have got themselves believing that the structures that resulted in us living the lives we do, which is a life of plenty and prosperity, mm-hmm. uh, in this country the poorest people are wealthy compared to the standards around the globe. Yes. The structures and policies that got us this to this point are unfair, patriarchal, uh, white elitist, and must be disbanded. Uh, and they're hiding behind the idea that they think that would be fair to say marginalize people when all this does is further marginalize people. It further makes their life definitely, yep. definitely impossible to achieve. But then what's the next step, that we're all equal and now we start building up again? The next step is we meet in the town square with our robes and and dust it off with brooms. I've been saying it's a joke for 20 years. Right, and uh, you briefly mentioned, Matthew, horseback. Well, that's already in effect with that new code I mentioned, the new highway code where automobiles and trucks and and the like have to yield to horseback, bicycles, and pedestrian. Where horses those... are far less hygienic than cars. Well, not to mention we don't have enough horses. There's horse apples everywhere. Yep. Can you imagine? Well, well, this is going to be fun. You'll be long gone, and we'll have to go through all this. <laughs> I'll be long gone, but I, uh, I really, really feel terrible for the kids of the kids I used to have. Yeah, they're not going to know any mm-hmm. of this. I, I don't even know what to say, people. Uh, I'm going to follow this, though. I want to know if the people of Oxfordshire County are doing anything about this. 
or just taking it. Yeah. Apparently, they had a meeting with the city councilors, and uh, it got a little rowdy. Yeah. Oh, you uh, don't they, say. <laughs> they ended up throwing a few people out of the meeting, uh, but basically just said, we don't care. We're going ahead with this anyway. Oh, so it's yeah. no different there than it is here. Yeah. yeah. And, and, that... and I am reading some uh, opinion pieces, I guess you'd call them, right. uh, where, where people uh, in that area definitely are against it and uh, writing pieces about that. Uh, one like you might write, Joe. Same kind of thing. Seeing mm-hmm. the Oxford Mail and a couple other places. What is this called? What What is the general? What are we calling this? What are we? Fifteen referring? minute uh, city. Fifteen, 15 minute, minute, city. minute city. The other thing, and Rook talked about this a bit, how to get goods to uh, uh, places. Mm-hmm. But uh, apparently, part of this is to isolate the the city centers or the downtown areas. Right. Well, won't those businesses all basically yep. go away? Yep. Because, yes. you know. They can't link, can't, though, John. You can't leave your 15-minute section of town. Rook, so. is 15-minute city in the same jurisdiction as Rib City? Or is that different? <laughs> it is. That's where they invented it. <laughs> Their neighboring city. city. Yes, exactly. And Mad City. Is Mad it Mad City? city? Yes. Yeah. Mad. Phil Larson emailed me some time ago, and I've been hanging on to his email. Could you send me the contact information for the Magnet Advertiser on your podcast? I am interested in learning more information about how they function. Thank you. Well, he's talking about Gator Magnets, and I have nothing but good news. You can go online to homedepot.com right now and order them. And next week, Gator Magnets will be in a 1,000 stores nationwide. A product that made its debut here on Garage Logic. Gator hooks are a storage solution, the likes of which you've never seen. Uh, they're hooks that stick to any metal surface in your garage and you hang stuff. Because the whole key to storage is getting stuff off the floor. That's right. But the beauty of these is you just move them around until you have a perfect setup. Absolutely a perfect setup. They're movable hooks with a patented magnetic technology that holds up to 25 pounds onto any thin surface. Then you flip a little lever and the magnet comes up because you can't pull it off with your hand. It's custom. It's too strong. They're amazing. They're ingenious. They were invented by GLers. And if you haven't gotten a set of gator hooks, uh, email or fill, uh, here's your chance just in time for Christmas. HomeDepot.com. Get them shipped direct to your home or to your nearest Home Depot. Gator hooks from Gator Magnetics. They also have a website. You can find YouTube uh, descriptions and instruct. There, it's you don't even need an instruction. It's a magnet. Right. It's, it's you self- put it right there, and then you hang something on. Very it. functional. It's really cool. And uh, again, next week, oh, they'll be in over a thousand Home Depot stores throughout the United States. Not just on the website, but actually in the stories stores. And the Home Depot has set up a special Gator Magnetics display in front of the store where you can see, touch, and buy Gator Hooks, the greatest storage device ever invented, Gator Magnetics. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here, and you've heard me talk about my relationship with Josh Arnold for quite some time now. And the reason I advocate that you give Josh a call is simple. Well, actually, it's two reasons, trust and results. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions. As he says, past results do not guarantee future returns. While that is true, Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. And you can trust Josh to make sure that you are not paying more in fees than you are selling in returns. Yes, that is more common than you would think. So do yourself a favor. 
favor by booking a 48-minute free, yes, free consultation that has absolutely no obligation. Call Josh today at 952-925-5608. That number, once again, is 952-925-5608. You will be glad you did. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser. The Canopy Group is an insurance agency that is unique by offering 16 carefully selected companies for home and auto insurance. And we're going to throw this holiday analogy at you. Would you be satisfied if the only dessert you could have this season was fruitcake? Not me, I wouldn't. That would be like having one agent representing one company. Meanwhile, your neighbor creates this dessert exchange with 40 family members. It's going to be great. You could have a fun family exchange with desserts like divinity, peanut brittle, fudge, cutouts, gingerbread, all of that good stuff. At the Canopy Group, we get that it is all about options. That's why our insurance agency offers 16 companies. In addition, we have 40 licensed elves, I think those are agents, working behind the scenes to assure you always to have the best coverage at the best price. Remember, our clients' average saving is over $800 per year. This holiday season, don't get stuck with just the fruitcake. Get options. Call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com today. Give me a second here. Okay. Truth, justice, and the That was the second. It was. Yeah, 1,000. <laughs> Christmas countdown deals. The countdown to Christmas has begun, and that means Rich at Maple Grove Lock and Safe is giving the gift of savings glers we can save 10 percent in store and website wide through the end of december on all liberty saves pop on to uh, maplegrovelockandsafe.com to see the entire liberty lineup you already know the basics they're made in the u.s liberty safes they've got the transferable lifetime warranties the best fire protection in the business and rich offers professional delivery and installation which as uh, adults we're obligated to do uh, but again, it's all December, 10% off the entire Liberty Safe lineup uh, in store and on the website, Maple Grove Lock and Safe at 6901 East Fish Lake Road and on the web, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. We're headed towards Mad Max, aren't we? I know, I forgot, Chris. Yep. We're headed towards Mad Max. Yeah, that's a, that's not a bad description. You're right. Where gas is a commodity, but they don't want gas to be the commodity. Was he in an AMC? What was he in? I don't that was know. A badass car. But we were talking to John during the break, and he, I said, look up C40. That's the group of 40 mayors, and there are a number of U.S. cities that have signed on. Minneapolis, uh, unbelievably enough, is not among them, I would say, yet. And what their, their theme seems to be, we want to create a world where everyone can thrive, well, well, no, they don't. What they're advocating then is a form of collectivism that would deprive you of thriving. It would deprive you of the means of thriving, which is your individual liberties, your freedom of movement, uh, your entrepreneurial spirit, whatever, whatever would result in the act of thriving. So the concept of thriving I guess you could say I, I struggle to understand the madness that is happening to us, but the uh, the act of thriving is what seems to be under attack or wishes to be reshaped. That thriving can only mean collectivism because then no one's left out, mm. and and yet I can't assign altruism to these people. 
they don't strike me as good people. They're they're evil people, as far as I'm concerned. Right. Well, they're evil people. They're the not evil, good people. The evils of capitalism is being taught in schools in the in the failed academy. Yeah, witness the sixteen nineteen project that we've been talking about off the air, which uh, has mean, been disproven. By the way, her whole thesis is wrong. Right, but but. Uh, the general theme there is capitalism is evil and right. based on racism. But it's 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 lifted. It's the only system that's lifted people out of poverty. There there is no other system that's worked to lift people out of poverty. None. Right. That's. So these are evil people. They they would they would chain you into poverty and keep you there. And if you're not in poverty now, they would make sure that you will be. Mm. Reminds me of socialism, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Uh, by the way, it's the uh, Falcon, GT Falcon muscle car, the last of the V8 interceptors. That's the Mad Max car. Who made that? Ford. Ford? Yeah. Oh, okay, so uh, it's not happening today in the Twin Cities, but... Uh, or is it? <laughs> no, I, I would argue uh, Chris's point. With our our streets or whatever they call themselves. Well, they they're they're bent on making this happen. They have nothing else to do, and it must irritate the hell out of them that other people have money and actually work. How dare they! <laughs> <laughs> I spent a considerable amount of time, and I did not want to, on a Disney ride. Oh, a Disney, you went to Disney? Disney World ride. Submarine thing. 20,000 leagues under the sea, the Buck, one you freaked out on? Get Buckle me up, out! Buckle sure, up for we're not underwater. One. Splash Mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Splash Mountain has now been deemed racist by Disney. And I, I really wanted to know why. So I had to do some reading. It will reopen in late 2024 as Tiana's Bayou Adventure. Uh, a whimsical attraction inspired by the princess and the frog. Apparently, Splash Mountain had its origins in the Disney film Song of the South, uh, which is now thought to be stereotypical and racist. And uh, and so this ride, by extension, uh, it has been determined. It's a log flume ride. I've been on it. I, I if I have, it's very I've, similar to the flume ride at Valley Fair. If I have, I've I've gratefully forgotten it. Got it. Uh, Splash Mountain is a log flume. It's at Disneyland, Tokyo, uh, Magic Kingdom, based on the animated sequences of the 1946 Disney film Song of the South, uh, which, if I've seen it, I don't remember it. Uh, although there are variations in the story and features between the three locations, each installation begins with a peaceful outdoor float-through that leads to indoor dark ride segments with a climactic steep drop into a briar patch. Oh, is Song of the South where Br'er Rabbit says, please don't throw me in the briar patch? Followed by an indoor finale uh, in June of 2020, it was announced that the U.S. versions of the ride would be receiving a new theme based on Disney's 2009 film, The Princess and the Frog. The new ride will be Tiana's Bayou Adventure, uh, and I think that will be Disney's first black princess, which is great. 
The plot behind Splash Mountain is a composite of several Uncle Remus stories. The different versions of Splash Mountain feature similar stories, albeit with small differences. Each ride presents scenes taken from animated animated segments of the film Song of the South, telling the story of Br'er Rabbit, the protagonist, a mischievous character who leaves his home in search of adventure. Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear, the antagonists of the story, are determined to catch him, but are reportedly tricked into letting him free. The sharp-witted Br'er Rabbit avoids a snare trap, as described in Br'er Rabbit Earns a Dollar a Minute, and uses it to trap the Br'er Bear instead. Br'er Rabbit continues on his journey to find his laughing place. Out of curiosity, his foes follow, but only for Br'er... These these Disney guys were so high in the 40s, I can't believe it. (laughs) Uh, But only for Br'er Rabbit to lead them into a cavern of bees. So far, I'm struggling to understand the racism. It's the way black people were depicted. Oh. Br'er Fox eventually catches Br'er Rabbit in a beehive and threatens to roast him. Br'er Rabbit uses reverse psychology on Br'er Fox, begging Fox not to throw him into the briar patch as described in The Tar Baby. I suppose we get to some racism there, huh? As Br'er Fox then throws Br'er Rabbit into the briar patch, represented by the ride's flume drop. Br'er Rabbit escapes uninjured. The other animals rejoice to have Br'er Rabbit back home, while Br'er Fox and Br'er Br'er are last seen narrowly escaping the jaws of Br'er Gator. Okay. Not confused at all. I have an Uncle Remus book that I had as a child. Was Uncle Remus uh, an African-American? Yeah, he was an old guy, a worker on the plantation. It's set in the Reconstruction era after after the war. And a kid goes to visit the plantation and becomes... White kid? um, I believe that's correct, but I don't know for sure. Uh, But he's delighted by these stories that Uncle Remus told about the Br'er rabbit and fox, et cetera, et cetera. Well, could I get arrested for owning that book? I also have Mein Kampf. Well, it might be approved in your 15-minute zone. <laughs> we don't know. I also have two copies of the Warren Report, which I also believe to be uh, non-fiction. Splash Mountain was originally it's conceived in the summer of 1983 by Imaginer Tony Baxter while stuck in rush hour traffic on his way to work. He wanted to attract guests to the often empty Bear Country Land in Disneyland with the only attraction as the Country Bear Jamboree, which has been closed, by the way, plus a souvenir shop, and make use of the audio animatronics figures from America Sings, which was also poorly attended. It was Dick Nunes, then president of Walt Disney Attractions, who insisted that the Imagineers create a log flume for Disneyland. But the Imagineers were initially unenthusiastic about it, feeling that log flumes were too ordinary a theme park attraction to include in a Disney park. While trying to solve the problems of including a log flume, bringing people into bear country, and reusing the America Sing characters, Baxter thought of Song of the South. And then they developed the concept of Zippity-Dee River Run, which would incorporate scenes from Song of the South. The name was later changed to Splash Mountain. After then-CEO Michael Eisner, isn't he just recently back? 
Michael Eisner's suggestion that the attraction be used to help market Walt Disney Studios' 1984 film, Splash. Wasn't that, uh, uh, what's her name? Daryl Hannah. <laughs> Daryl Hannah. Yes. And Tom Hanks. Was, there was nothing racist about that, was there? No, we'll find something, I'm sure. John the, Candy wasn't in that The movie. character figures from America Sings room. were used in many scenes, though all of the yeah. Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Fox, and Br'er Bear figures were specifically designed for Splash Mountain, and uh, that, uh, and they've determined now that uh, it has to go because uh, apparently there are uh, aspects of a racial past connected to the Br'er Rabbit story. These folks read Tom Sawyer? <laughs> Well, that's already banned in a lot of schools. Oh, speaking of banned, you cannot watch this movie anywhere. Tom Sawyer? uh, No, um, uh, Song of the South. South. It it is not available. This is porn. Yeah. Rook, I apologize. John Candy was in the movie. He's the best friend. Yeah, sorry. He was was Tommy's brother. A brother, I'm sorry. Remember he would drop the coins and then look under the gal's skirts? Don't question Rook about Something John works Candy for me. I stick with it. I couldn't pay. They printed my letter in Pentel's forum. You've never seen a real movie, have you? <laughs> yeah, Splash is a quality. Uh, Eugene Levy, Tom Hanks, John Candy, Daryl Hannah, star-studded cast. And what's the premise, that there's a mermaid? Uh, right. Yeah, he falls When in love with the Tom mermaid. Hanks is a young boy, he falls into the water and he sees a mermaid. He's rescued. <laughs> He, he, they work at a uh, produce, vegetable, and fruit place, and they're co-owners. A warehouse. The warehouse. Yeah. Yep. And uh, he is on a wedding, and he goes uh, on a boat and falls in the water and then sees her. She saves him. <laughs> and, uh, boy, Eugene Levy is classic. Eugene Levy is a very funny guy. What a week I'm having! But everything gets sorted out in the end. And I did not know that John Candy uh, knew Swedish, uh, knew how to speak uh, oh, you Swedish. Know, Remember, that's how he got out. The song Zippity Doodah mm-hmm. comes from that Uncle Remus. Right. Yeah. Zippity song Doodah, of the Zippity A. Is that racist? My, oh, my, what well, a wonderful it, it day. It comes from a racist song, actually, yes. And that, really? Those are terrible lyrics, aren't they? What a wonderful day. And... Yeah. Well, that's part of the problem with the movie, apparently. Uh, they they made Plantation Life look happy. Yeah. And that's why I'm some sure people it was not it. happy. I'm sure, sure it wasn't. But if yeah. Disney is going to go down this road, mm-hmm. you you won't be able to stop, though, correct? Oh, well, we've said that this, for yeah, since this, Lake Calhoun. Is, you're never, your task is never but, over. So renaming this ride, but Disney's just going to have to basically say, well, this is ride one. This oh, is they're ride going two. to Tina and the Fruitcakes or whatever the hell it is. The, uh, <laughs> Tina and the Fruitcakes. Some kind of Polynesian. But thing. then at some point, someone will make the link, however long it's going to have to be, to say, well, that, that that also needs to go. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm going to give you the EcoFun update for November okay. and December. Forget November. I'm going to give you the EcoFun update for December. All electric bikes, 200 bucks off. All scooters, 100 to 500 off. It's the winter sale, plus free heated storage if needed. These are the lowest prices since before the dreadful COVID, which we now know is changing the world in more ways than we ever imagined. Over 100 youth ATVs and dirt bikes in stock, ready to wrap up, place beneath the tree. Four-seat, 200cc electronic fuel-injected golf carts, 1000 bucks off. 
and a 4x4 full-size ATV with a 2,000-pound winch. So when you go up to the cabin and the tornado blew a tree across the driveway, boom, you got a winch. You pull it right out of the way. Also got a big uh, plow blade on it, too. A 0% interest financing for one year on all products in stock. And they got great apparel, great helmets, great service at two EcoFun Motorsports locations. In Forest Lake, that great store that opened this summer on 97, just west of 35, immediately west of 35 35. on Highway 97, and in Burnsville on the service road of Garage Logic Life near County Road 42 and 35W. It's ecofunmotorsports.com. I do know know that you are going to stop burning boring candles this candle season. I don't even know what candle season is. There is a candle season? There's a candle season. Todd told me there's a candle season. It's the time of the season. Yeah. And if you want your candle to burn in a circular motion, then you must go to spiralcandles.com. Spiralightcandles.com. It is a legitimate business born in the garage of the Nelson family. And boy, are they making this bloom. It is exploding because... People like to look at candles when they're burning in a spiral motion, a circular motion. Now, their selection, second to none. They're online at spiralightcandles.com. They have different sizes, they have different colors, and they have different scents. You can choose by going to spiralightcandles.com. If you're looking for a special garage logician candle, ask about the cylinder index candle when you go online. Yeah, you can find that online. You can also find the mini donuts candle it's fabulous, as well as the brandy old-fashioned. It makes you just want to jump and just scream with joy, doesn't it, Joe? Yes. Scream with joy. Yes. Candles ah. that aren't boring. <laughs> SpiralLightCandles.com this candle season. Let them know that you heard it on the Garage Logic podcast. Order right now. Gosh, I can't handle the pressure. Tough. Got to put news up. I should get paid extra. <laughs> Take it up with management. Yeah, that, that always works. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Before I introduce John, let me say that I, I blew it. The uh, I said I knew two movies where the black guy mentors the white guy for a change, as okay. opposed to liberal Hollywood. And uh, Finding Forrester uh, was the one I was thinking of, and I was wrong. It's Sean Connery as a white guy who mentors the black kid. That's a cliché. Uh, so I, I, the only one right. I can think of is Grand Canyon. There is one you missed. The great 1992 film, White Men Can't Jump. Yeah, right. Wesley Woody Snipes takes, takes uh, Woody Harrelson yes. under his really? wing, and then they win the money back that he owes. Okay. Here's and, John Hyde. He's going to play Black for us Bart today, too. Rehabs the Waco Kid. Black, Black Bart, yeah. Here's so, John Hyde. He's going to sing uh, play for us today, too, because well, he's the yeah, guitar-playing newsman. I am. Uh, before I do that, though, I want to tell you about the Rivertown Medical Center. They are located in Stillwater, and they can help you out if you are suffering from peripheral neuropathy. That's uh, you get pain, numbness, tingling in your hands and feet. That can be a problem, and your doctor probably has told you, you just got to live with it or prescribe some stuff that don't provide much, uh, much relief. 
Well, Dr. Larson, Dr. Dan, and Rivertown Medical Center can help you out. Neuropathy caused by damage to the nerves, caused by a lack of blood flow that causes the nerves to begin to die off. The regenerative medicine and regenerative cell therapy they use can provide a relief from neuropathy as long as you haven't sustained 85% nerve damage. Now, you can get a free neuropathy scan and go to a free seminar this Saturday. 10 in the morning at the Holiday Inn Express at 5653 Bishop Avenue in Invergrove Heights. And just call 651-661-4311. Leave your name and cell number. You'll automatically get a text reservation for the seminar. Let Rivertown Medical Center's responsible pain management help you fight the pain and suffering caused by peripheral neuropathy, a peripheral, peripheral neuropathy. I'll get it third time. Free seminar this Saturday, Holiday Inn Express at 5653 Bishop Avenue in Invergrove Heights. A free neuropathy scan and info how to fight the pain of neuropathy, 651-661-4311. Just leave your name and your cell number. Uh, I do have a song. Yeah. Uh, I must, I got to credit Bert with this. Uh, John, I don't know if you remember a couple weeks ago, uh, things weren't going bad or weren't going well in the news and you said... Boy, I'd really like to be in Mpumalanga myself. Yep. Remember that? I did say that, yeah. So Bert said, Joe, you, or John, you should write that song. All right. So what, I did. Is this a new a guitar? Uh, no, God, no. This is an old beat up. I got this from, geez, excuse me, Webb's. El Our engineer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, this was Webb's, and uh, he didn't want it. All right. He just gave it to me. All right. Uh, nice guy that he is. And yeah. A wonderful acoustic. Can you hear it okay? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> All right, play the, the damn song. song. He's trying to get it in play, cue. Play the trying song, to hear boy. the song. Excuse me, just had to clear my throat. What in that? Play the song. What'd that guy say <laughs> on uh, Sesame to... Street? Uh, 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 peanut butter No, no, sandwiches. no. The guy who said, uh, <laughs> Ted, you were doing it with uh, Frank. Eight, nine, ten. Play the damn song. Oh, uh, that's, uh, that's Morgan Freeman. Play the damn song, Sonny! Sing the damn song! I don't think they were swearing on uh, Sesame Street. Was that Sesame Street? No, it was... Um, uh, well, he's, saying, he's recalling Morgan Freeman from his time on Electric Company uh, when he was oh. Easy Reader, not on Sesame Street. Wrong. That was from... I don't know. That was from when he was the principal. <laughs> yeah. They used to call me Crazy Joe! Now they can call me Batman! All right, I'm going to play the Lean song. Lean on now. me. Lean on me. He's when you're too. not, jeez, no wonder I never do any songs. <laughs> I'd rather be an Impumalonga. Every day the feelings just get stronger. <laughs> they got waterfalls and wetlands and forests. No political speeches to bore us. Oh, yeah. I could stay with the traveling linemen. Never have to say goodbye then. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a stretch. Okay. What are you going to do? Yeah. It's full of flora and fauna. I could take walks every day if I wanna. <laughs> now, here's the chorus. The chorus is, is meant to sound like, remember the band America? Sure. Yeah. It's, it's going to sound like America, okay? In Pumalanga's the place to be. Oh, yeah. Lots of things for us to see. see. I'll send notes to you, my favorite podcast, for as long as this trip might last. <laughs> so put me on a plane heading south. 
I promise I'll just shut my mouth. I'll just sit in the sun most every day. I won't hear a word folks like Trump or Biden say. Yeah. And Pumalanka's the place to be. And then if it's an America song all the way out, you have to go, ooh. Right. That's fantastic. Okay, thank you. That's <laughs> wonderful. Much. I'm not sure that he appreciated that. No, I uh, did. It was wonderful. John? That was uh, so, Joe. Uh, that's your Pumalanga. Thank you. Just strumming a chord on that guitar reminds me of America. For some reason, yeah, that that's, that's an America sounding uh, guitar. America loved major sevens. Oh, yeah. Or, oh God, I love that yacht rock. That's half the American. Give me the other one. Venture Highway. Venture Highway in the sunshine. We've got Rook okay. singing a lot this segment, yeah. don't we? <laughs> in the news, the news, Rook. We do news here now. I think. We're only seconds away from Such walking out on his own program. <laughs> Minnesota's latest budget and economic forecast announced this morning showed a $17.6 billion, that's with a B, dollar, a dollar surplus for the state. Tuesday's projection is, well, almost double from the forecast $9.25 billion surplus back in February. However, uh, it uh, should be noted the forecasts don't take into account the impact of inflation. After a deal for how to use some of the massive projected surplus fell apart at the end of this year's <clears throat> legislative session, and the DFL now set to control both chambers of the Minnesota, uh, Minnesota legislature and the governor's office, Governor Walls and DFL leaders will have greater say over how the potentially uh, how the potent, how it's potentially used. In the past, Walls has said he supported sending checks to each taxpayer, no. while Republicans had pushed for permanent tax cuts. Tax cuts. We are taxed too tax heavily. Cuts. One yes. of our moles sent a, a message to me. One party in control of $17.6 in surplus. Challenge for the DFL. What crazy ideas will they not? That's right. This uh, is a dangerous now. situation. If they if they throw 20 against the wall, you know, even if five of them stick, it could get a little, little weird. Because what that does is create in perpetuity the need for that $5 billion. Yeah. Tom Hauser is covering the... Uh, <clears throat> anyway, he's covering the this event, Johnny. Governor Walls has just said that he will likely start with the same $1,000 check per individual. This is pathetic. $2,000 check per family proposal that he made last year. You idiots voted him in again. Income limits hey, need to be negotiated. Hey, hey, hey that's fun money. That's no, fun money, Such. Yeah, it is. I want my taxes lowered. <laughs> Good one. Good one, man. <laughs> and You do and comedy well. show. Governor Walls also says that he still favors reducing Social Security income tax for many That'd more nice. Minnesotans, but seems to hedge a bit on eliminating for the wealthiest Minnesotans. He says he agreed to it last May in a deal rejected by Senate Republicans, but now it's open to renegotiation. Hmm. That courtesy of Mr. Hauser of Channel 5. A handful of hospital systems say they've reached a tentative deal with members of the Minnesota Nurses Association, representatives from Alina Health, Children's Minnesota, Essentia Health, and St. Luke's Hospital say they've reached tentative contract agreements with the union, averting a strike scheduled to begin next weekend at their hospitals. If all these agreements go through, the nurse strike would still include nurses at M Health Fairview, Health Partners, and North Memorial, unless additional hospital systems reach agreements with 
the union. Major water main break, a break affecting residents and businesses in North Minneapolis. According to Casper Hill, a spokesman for the city, that break happened along 2nd Street North, somewhere between 26th and Lowry. Residents were asked to avoid driving and walking in the area. Did you see some of this video? Yes. It looks like a river uh, was flowing through the river city. river runs there. through it. Exactly. Brad Pitt. The city said in a tweet, the water outside the immediate area is safe to drink and cook with. Uh, the city said some people may have yellow, brown, or rust-colored water, but added the water is safe to drink, cook, wash with, and use. However, city There's officials a thumbs up you, for you. Yep. So you can check water by running the cold water tap found at the lowest point in your home for two to three minutes each time. That movie made fly fishing impossible in this state. All these worm-drowning ass wipes uh, would be flogging okay. up and down. Hell the of creek. a book, though. Wow. Yeah. Well, good movie, too. Yeah. Star Tribune reporting Scott County officials are thinking about revoking the Minnesota Renaissance Festival's permit to operate after roads leading to the Shakopee site were clogged for miles this fall, causing headaches for fair visitors along with local residents and businesses. County staff allege that Mid-America Festivals, which runs the Renaissance Festival, knew there'd be less parking in 2022, but didn't tell county officials about it. Not informing the county of such a change to ops was a, one of several alleged permit violations by Mid-America. Visitors reported two-hour waits this year to get a parking spot Oof. at the Renaissance. You know what that proves? People are really desperate for stuff to do. Or they're desperate to be it's insulted by amateurs. Turkey leg. <laughs> Man, alive. <laughs> The Mall of America in suburban Minneapolis said Monday it will toughen its trespassing policies as part of a settlement with the family of that boy who was severely injured when a man with a history of causing disturbances at the mall threw him from a third floor balcony. Additional details of the settlement were not released by the boy's family or the mall. The boy identified only as Landon was five when Emmanuel Aranda threw him nearly 40 feet to the ground. Aranda, who had been banned from the Bloomington Mall twice in previous years, told investigators when he went there looking for someone to kill after women rejected his advances. He pleaded guilty to attempted first-degree murder, was sentenced to 19 years in prison. The family alleged in a lawsuit filed last year that mall security should have prevented Aranda from prowling around the building without an officer following him. Closely. I'm glad they won the suit, but how how would the officers how were they to have known that he was Thank a lunatic? You. Exactly. Well, he was banned twice. Well, yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't. Yeah, no, he just passed from he, the mall twice. But but already. I agree with all everything that you guys are saying. But when I saw this story this morning, I thought, well, how is a, a random mall security guard supposed to know which guy? It's the mall's fault. Put up security checkpoints. That place. I guess that was the point of the that lawsuit. That place well, yeah. is a mass shooting waiting to happen. Nope, I agree with that. And completely. they banned handguns in that place. I'm sorry, but that is a security nightmare there. I'm surprised something really bad hasn't happened. Well, let's and pray they to God are that it doesn't. They are absolutely at fault. If you're going to ban somebody, put up checkpoints and Have check everybody. At the door or something. Well, absolutely. What happens, I'm sure, with security is their daily briefing in the morning. I'm sure they're, he's he's on the list. If he's been banned twice... They know to look for him. Is it just mall cops, or do we have Bloomington PD in there? There's a Bloomington PD there as well. Yeah, Bloomington PD should be at every entrance point. And no mall cops here. Let's get the real guys in there. No Paul Blart? 
The no, polls no are open in Georgia. They're deciding today whether Senator Ralph Warnock, the oh, Democratic yeah. incumbent, or Herschel Walker, the retired football star nominated by Republicans, will represent them in the Senate next year. It's the wrap-up of an intense month-long runoff contest in which Democrats spent nearly twice as much as the GOP candidate. Neither candidate received 50% back in November in the general election, signaling the runoff vote. In that vote, Warnock received 49.4%, Walker 485 the runoff set new records for early voting. Almost 2 million Georgians voted early, according to the Office of Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, breaking two single-day records in about a week. Okay, I have a question, John. Yes, The sir. runoff was triggered by the uh, close election. Correct. What if this is close? Uh, Double I overtime. At this, at this point, I just them. believe the winner wins, right? Put them on I, the I, ice. I think, you know, I, I, I don't quote me on that, but... Yeah. And I guess I just assume that, which I... What if it's one else. vote? Well, then they have a recount, I'm sure. But you know yeah. how Royce, he likes to say, vote early, vote off. And do you think he silently moved down to Georgia really quick to go vote for his guy, Herschel? Yes. Okay. His team. <laughs> if we take a picture of him uh, with that again, we'll perhaps we'll get some comments who take it very seriously. Yeah. People. Yeah. Top House and Senate leaders today presenting law enforcement who defended the U.S. Capitol on January 6th with congressional gold medals, awarding them Congress's highest honor. To recognize the hundreds of officers who were at the Capitol January 6th, the medals will be placed in four locations, U.S. Capitol Police Headquarters, the Metropolitan Police Department, the Capitol, and the Smithsonian Institution. Dozens of officers who fought off the riders sustained serious injuries. As the mob pushed past them into the Capitol, police were beaten with American flags and their own guns, dragged down stairs, sprayed with chemicals, and trampled and crushed by the crowd. Uh, by the crowd. Several officers suffered physical wounds, including brain injuries and other lifelong effects. Four officers who testified at a House hearing last year spoke openly about the lasting mental and physical scars and some detailed near-death experiences. Metropolitan Police Officer Daniel Hedges described foaming at the mouth, bleeding and screaming as the rioters tried to gouge out his eyes and crush him between two heavy doors. Metropolitan Police Officer Michael Fanone, who rushed to the scene, said he was grabbed, beaten, tased, all while being called a traitor to the country. Capitol Police Officer Harry Dunn said a large group of people shouted the N-word at him as he was trying to keep them from breaching the House chamber. Capitol Police Officer Howard Liebengood's family should be millionaires. He's the guy that killed himself a few days afterwards. After, right after. Yep, yep. They need a, they need a paycheck. A couple of entertainment deaths. Actress Kirstie Alley, two-time Emmy winner, who rose to fame with her role as Rebecca Howe in Cheers, died of cancer. She was 71. It was confirmed through her social media presence, which shared a statement from her kids. Alley was born in Wichita, Kansas in 1951, moved to L.A. in 1980, where she was an interior designer. She was already a member of the Church of Scientology and sought treatment for a cocaine addiction through its programs, she credited that with her sobriety. 1982, she began her film career in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, and she soon followed that with Blind Date and the 1985 miniseries North and South. It was in the year 1985, or 1987, excuse me, when Allie replaced Shelley Long on NBC's Cheers, which was among the top comedies in television. In 1991, she won the lead actress Emmy for that role. She won another Emmy in 1994 for the television movie David's Mother, in which she played the parent of a teenager with autism.
Do, so, we, do we pick either Kirsty or Shelly on, on Cheers like we do with... I, uh, I was a Shelly guy myself. Okay. But that's um, like so is Twitter... I was a Kirsty guy. Yeah, is me too. Twitter celebrating? Uh, because she was in conservative and all of Twitter I, hated her. Actually, I noticed the opposite, which surprised me. People were saying, well, I didn't agree with her politically, but she was brilliant and Cheers, that kind of thing. Yeah, Mo That's what I saw mostly anyway. Well, it didn't require Shakespearean talent to play a gar girl at the bar. She was great on that show. I saw in one interview she said for some of her jobs she was picked because she has a voice like a trucker. Yeah, she was a big girl. She was a uh, a gal really? that was a larger oh, than most. You mean tall? She she, oh, she, she well, constantly was fighting weight problems. Oh, she thanks, Joe. Large. I didn't didn't realize. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, good yeah. thing you pointed that out because, uh, man, good Lord Almighty, I never would have known. It's, it's, and, it's good uh, to call attention to people's weight. Uh, virtually everybody you meet and see along life's highways. The other uh, just but remind I, I them. I think in this case, I think in this case, it's appropriate. Oh, yeah, just to well, re remind them that they're they're not as uh, svelte and muscular as you are. No, but she must, made a uh, career out of it, didn't she? Yeah, go I on must, shows exactly. and say, "Look how fat I am." And I'll tune in next week and I'll be thinner or whatever. She did a movie about being large. Yeah. Okay, kind of, Kenny. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She did two okay. shows about her weight, Kenny, yeah. so I got to be go with Joe on this yeah. one. Sorry. But no, I wasn't listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not, oh, I'm too old, actually, to have uh, been in the uh, wheelhouse of Sesame Street, but I know Rook and Reavers, you guys both, uh, the, you know all these people. I didn't know Bob McGrath, yes. the actor who played the friendly neighbor, Bob Johnson. Well, these just are the people like a in your neighborhood. In your neighborhood. Uh, he was in he charge was, of that. He was pretty cool, and uh, he deserved a medal for putting up with those rotten little bastards. Original cast member, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Original cast yeah. member of Sesame Street. Uh, he was 90 years old. McGrath appeared in the Sesame Street pilot in 1969. And then, get this, how's this for a gig? Worked 47 seasons on the show. Wow. Pretty good. Yeah. It's like starting the series yeah. in 2017, but uh, uh, even in his late 80s, still representing the show at various events in recent years. Hey, Again, uh, uh, McGrath was 90. Rook, uh, what was the deal with Snuffle up against? Was that just Big Bird tripping? Was yeah. he into the shrooms? <laughs> that was Big Bird tripping because uh, he he's never saw, he, he was never seen by anybody else. But Big Bird. But he lives in infamy because uh, these fake eyelashes that these gals are all wearing. Yeah. If they're too thick, they're called yeah. the snuffleupagus. Oh, because their eye their eyelashes are. Uh, he was a what like a purple woolly mammoth or something, or was he brown? No, he was brown. Okay, he was brown. Wow. Boy, Did there's some areas tripping. of uh, culture that you're pretty good at. Um, yeah, I shine. Yeah. My you life. Got no one to tap into those. Right. My life's inspiration <laughs> to this very day. Two people. Don Rickles and that mean little bastard that lived in the trash can. I love that guy. Oscar. Oscar. Oscar, Oscar yeah. yeah. What a lovely guy he was. Yeah. Uh, Joe, you might be able to uh, relate to this story. Nearly 40 people had RSVP'd to Chelsea Banning's first official book signing at an Ohio bookstore on Saturday. Mm -hmm. She told the store owner to brace himself for a full crowd, but when the doors opened up for an event, two people showed up. Yeah. Ooh, so run the risk. Yeah. Huh? I don't know why you're trying to hurt me like that. Yeah, John. I, no, I just meant you're an author. So yeah, yeah. Didn't we have a, we had a show like that a year or so ago um, at the fair? It was a car show. Remember that? Yes. There were about yeah. ten yeah, sure. people in the audience. Yeah, yeah. The best was uh, when Roycey would do the afternoons and say, 
Hey, uh, all, all you people here for the ride, don't... Uh, and he would insult the ones that stayed after Garage Logic. That was always a treat at the uh, Minnesota State Fair. The, uh, the best was when you work uh, in music radio. I'm sure everybody who's worked in music radio had these. You'd, you'd go to a bar and you'd promo it all week and you'd get to the bar and you'd meet about five people who said, gee, thanks for showing yeah, up. Yeah. yeah. Can't thank so, you enough so for the who time. This, uh, so this author didn't work out for yeah. Well, it didn't, but here's the good, the, the, the fun part. Let's call it the fun part. Uh, Chelsea Banning was her name. She's the author of a novel of Crowns and Legends, the first book of a working trilogy that follows King Arthur's kids during a time of war. That'd be this fun. Is a, well, this is her first book ever, and she uh, put that, she was discouraged. She said she put that on Twitter, didn't think anything of it, was going to take it off the next day. But then uh, famous authors started answering her basically saying the same things have happened to them, uh-huh. you know, hold your head up, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, uh, so this is the equivalent of the mom taking the picture of some kid's birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese when he's sitting there by himself, basically begging for sympathy. That's yep. what this is. I, I think you're right. Uh, That's exactly right. what this is. Oh, you, oh woe is are me. You, are you telling me you haven't been in this position where you've been hired to do an appearance? Sure, but I'm not going to broadcast it on social media looking for sympathy from other people. Oh, I would. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Among the authors contacting Kenny, I just expect it when I do an appearance, I'll be I, honest. I did one uh, in the early days at Gander Mountain um, when I got back into radio, and the only person that showed up was a very elderly lady, and she said to me, Oh, you haven't missed a meal, have you? Wow. <laughs> nice. Thanks, man. The rest of them were going, hey, uh, where are the socks at, pal? Uh, I need some long johns. Uh, Among the authors who uh, got a hold of her on Twitter, Min Jin Lee, Margaret Atwood, Stephen King, Cheryl Strayed, Neil Gaiman, Robin Hobb, and Jody Picoult. Uh, Banning said uh, uh, she's looking forward now to her next book signing. That's a hell of a story. How many people I, I kind of like that story. Why don't yeah. you give us that rundown of your stories that are left? And we'll uh, tell already, you wow, already, wow! It's been it's been a long newscast. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We have uh, uh, a stupid prank, a shopping prank. No, I, yeah. I don't think it was much of a prank. Oh. And a uh, store in Texas that's selling guns and flowers, and of course they. They took a name that they shouldn't have, and they're getting sued by a certain rock band. Ah, Guns and Guns Roses. You okay, welcome to the jungle. Those two detectives got that quick. Texas Guns and Roses is <laughs> the name of the store, and and the band said, "Cease and yeah. desist, yeah. please." And that's it. Those are my only two stories. Oh well, that's to. fine. Thank you. Uh, don't let the courts get a hold of your property when you at last perish, and unfortunately, we're all going to. And you have stuff, and you want your family to be able to handle that smoothly because you want it to stay out of the courts. That's where Eckberg Lammers comes in. They've been preparing estates and wills and settling family disputes for more than 70 years with their attorneys, and they can do this for you, and I would not wait. Uh, You can do it now, and then your family will be at peace knowing that when you leave this earth at the age of 122, you you've, you've done everything you can to leave everything mm-hmm. smooth. Because if you don't, the courts will decide for you. So there's taxes that come into play. And if you don't, they take everything. That's Everything comes really? into play. Literally. And Eckberg Lammers specializes in this. They work with people like you and me on estate planning. Uh, and if you don't think you need it, think again and don't be put off by the word estate. We all have stuff and we're all going to die 
and you want your family to have a smooth operation. And this is the way it can be done with an estate plan. Stay out of the courts. They'll do this for you. You're transferring some property within the family. That can often become difficult. It doesn't need to be. Eckberg Glamours can straighten it all out. Make an appointment. I wouldn't wait. doesn't make any difference how old you are. Do it now. Make an appointment with Eckberg Glamours uh, at 651-439-2878 or visit Eckberg Glamours at eckberglamours.com slash will. Hey, GLers, the Garage Logic 1000th podcast auction. Yes, that's a mouthful, but let me say it again. The Garage Logic 1000th podcast auction is going to start December 9th at 12 a.m. and run through December 15th at 8 p.m. 70% off items of the retail value. All you got to do, go to garagelogic.com, enter the keyword auction. Here's a list of some of the items that we're going to have in the Garage Logic 1000th podcast auction a gas furnace from Air Mechanical, a stealth trailer from Pleasureland RV, a water heater from Air Mechanical, five night all inclusive golf vacation to the Dominican Republic from Escape With Us Vacation. The Ultimate Yard Maintenance Package from Tri-State Bobcat, Sporting Clays and Dinner for Four from Minnesota Horse and Hunt Club, and a $4,000 gift certificate from R.F. Moeller. How about Fratelloni's gift cards certificates? That's right, $100, $250, $500, $1,000 gift certificate towards a new garage door from my friends at Rise and Shine Garage Door. Again, it doesn't start until December 9th at 12 a.m., but it only runs through December 15th. So you've got a couple of days, but it starts on December 9th. It's the Garage Logic 1000th podcast auction. You can find out more at garagelogic.com. Enter the keyword auction. DK Mags on Old 8 in New Brighton. It's our full service gun shop. They've got a wide selection of pistols, revolvers, ammo, accessories, holsters, magazines, suppressors, whatever you need. And if you have a specific firearm in mind, special orders, no problem. They're a joy at DK Mags. They'll be more than happy to not only assist you in tracking it down and purchasing the item, but then they're going to they're gonna hand it to you, right? You're going to just show up and they're going, here's a gun you bought. Uh, and that goes for accessories, too. If you have a firearm you don't want or need, they buy firearms from single units all the way up to entire estates. Both DK Mags and Monticello Pawn and Gun, they've got gunsmithing services to help keep that firearm in perfect working order. Get yourself to the website, dkmags.com, then get up to DK Mags, Old 8 in New Brighton, and, oh, Monticello Pawn and Gun, really easy to find right on Highway 25, dkmags.com. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Got an email from Jeff. He says, Reeves, normally I don't listen to anything you say on the Garage Logic podcast. Joe, I'm talking at a normal speed. <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, Jeff says, Reavers, normally I listen. I don't listen to anything that you say on the podcast. However, 
Thank you for the recommendation of the Slush Buster. Well, thank you, Jeff. Uh, he went to the... Which Fredalonis did he go to? He didn't mention which story. He just said Fredalonis. Anyway, uh, the newest client here in the Garage Logic podcast is the Slush Buster. And it was invented by our, by, by our guy, Dave Pounds, right here in Burnsville, Minnesota. Dave's a car guy, and he got tired of all the corrosive slush that was rusting his cars and damaging his garage floor. And the broomstick and the old boot that was used to remove the slush, well, that just wasn't cutting it anymore. So, voila, here comes along the Slush Buster. It's assembled in Rogers, Minnesota. It's the only device on the market that is specially designed to remove that slush. And it's going to greatly reduce the slush that damages your vehicle and your garage floor. And that ice formation can cause slips and falls that can injure you and your family. And we know that you GLers want to take good care of your vehicles and your garage, and the Slush Buster is going to help out with both. So here's how you get one. It's available on Amazon, but it's also available at all 21 Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Store locations, so you can find them also at the Wellna Ace Hardware in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. So make your purchase, and if you buy it online, say hi to Dave and tell him GL sent you their way. A couple of items for uh, Kenny. Good oh. afternoon, Mayor. I just read my Snowtech magazine, published oh, in Minnesota, cool. up by Kenny's Neck of the Woods. Formerly Race and Rally. Hands down the best sled rag on the planet. It has been since the 70s. And he says the state of New York, in their wisdom, has passed a law that requires off-road vehicles sold in New York to be zero emissions by 2035. Yes, this includes sleds, ATVs, and side-by-sides. I wonder if the DFL in this state have the... Balls to even take a sniff of this in Minnesota, home of Arctic Cat and Polaris, who employ thousands, not to mention the aftermarket and clothing gear people, resorts, etc. But then again, defending good businesses in this state is not something the DFL is good at or has any interest in doing. Their goal is complete government tit-sucking, pure and simple. Teat, I mean. It's teat. Right. Teat. Of course. Uh, and this is from Eric, a GL structural engineer. Such, I fired up a 76 Snowjet SST on Sunday. It was like a Pink Floyd concert in my uh, <laughs> shop. It was just awesome. Pretty smoky, too, I bet. Ho, ho, ho. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail, Hail, Hail you. you. I'm not sure oh. the appropriate words to describe my response to the discussion of millennials not letting their children believe in Santa because they don't want to build their kids up on lies or instill... Fear in them of a mythical creature who judges their actions. In other words, I'm not sure she has the words to describe that. Let's just say that there's a lot of head shaking, head smacking, and giggles. These people truly are unhinged. The husband and I are firm believers that inst- the hun- the handsome husband and I are firm believers that instilling the fear of displeasing Santa is a crucial tool in child rearing. Three of our four kids have made it to adulthood and are upstanding adult citizens. The baby is 16, but he's going to be there soon, and we have the full confidence that we he will also be an upstanding adult member of society. And do you know why we have the full confidence? Because of Santa. When little Johnny was two and a half years old, way back in 2008, we were all cocooned in a very crowded 4 p.m. mass on Christmas Eve. The older three, seven, six, and five at the time, were all very well behaved, knowing that there was the chance that Santa wouldn't come if they misbehaved in church. Johnny, though, well, Johnny was a rambunctious toddler, and he wouldn't sit still. He wouldn't behave and was just being naughty in general. I was 
very discreet, I very discreetly whispered in his ear, Johnny, if you don't behave, Santa won't arrive. In his reply, the little miscreant screamed into the church. She said, Santa won't come. <laughs> we laughed and laughed. Suffice it to say, the kid behaved the rest of Mass and has pretty much never acted up in church again. My job was done. And if you think I was harsh, back in 1924, my Irish great-grandmother, uh, I mean Santa, gave my poor grandfather switches in his stocking because he was bad that year. I guess that was pre-depression answer to coal in your stocking. Still believing that Santa is essential for child behavior modification. Kate in East Union. P.S. Why is it little? every little boy is named Johnny is naughty? Can you ask Mr. Height, please? Yeah, why is that, John? I was never naughty. Uh, we don't far know as, that. Far as you know. And Joe down in Little Elm, Texas, who has the precocious kid who listens to Garage Logic, tell Kenny that the nine-year-old was not listening to the Santa conversation. Good. But Good. do you think that kid has not figured it out? <laughs> Of course, of course, of course. Figured it out like crazy. Yeah. And only because they come to us all the way from the traveling linemen who are currently in Eden Prairie, Minnesota, find out why at WorldWideWaftage.com. We got one lousy item today. That's it? On December 6th? date. On this day. Uh, 12-6. In 1815. Abolitionist, feminist, and newspaper publisher Jane Gray Swisshelm was born near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. She moved to Minnesota in 1857 and established the St. Cloud Visitor and later the St. Cloud Democrat. During the Civil War, she moved to Washington, D.C. and became a nurse. She died in 1884. Hmm. That's not much of a this day in history. It's a little weak. That's That's it. December 6th, the last 60 on the calendar. What if something important happens today then, so that way next year? But don't we? We've got a big day coming up tomorrow. That'd be your Pearl Harbor day. And when when was Lenin uh, pushed out of the canoe? That'd be the 8th. The 8th, okay. Big week. December 8th, 1980, I believe. Correct. Yeah. Boy, it's getting to be a long time ago. It really is. Well, how... Far long ago is that? That's when he... 42? 42. 42 years. He signed the autograph for the guy, right? How far long ago is that? How far long ago? I knew what you meant. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you, GLers. Yes. I'm going to go get some uh, town council membership certificates now and sign them. Uh, please forgive me. Are, are you going to give up after about six like you did yesterday? Gee whiz. Yeah, I'm going to get it. Bob been right. Bob Dylan was caught signing his newest book with an automatic machine. A stamper. Oh, yeah, a stamper. Golly. I should get a stamper. There you go. Yep. One at a time. Yep. GLers, if you'd like to become the. What? If you'd like to become part of the garage. I should do this faster. That's why. If you'd like to become part of the Garage Logic Town Council, just sign up. Ten bucks a month gets you. All sorts of behind-the-scenes footage and uh, previous shows online at garagelogic.com.
time once again to check in with Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, GLers. Now is the time for you to do the same. So pick up the phone and make the call for that free, yes, I said free, 48-minute financial consultation by dialing 952-925-5608. That number, once again, is 952-925-5608. You call that number and you get Josh. And you're always going to get straight talk. You are never going to get sugar-coated advice. And Josh is on the line with us once again here in Garage Logic. And Josh, today, a shocker, but you'd like to talk about worries with the Fed. I know it's getting boring, but the market, Chris, seems to be controlled by the Federal Reserve or what people think the Federal Reserve is going to do. A bunch of unelected officials are deciding economic policy that market players are betting on or against. Given last Friday's jobs number, which I looked at as very positive. More jobs were created than expected. Most of the bulk of those jobs were in the recovering leisure, entertainment, and hospitality business. There was you know, some fall off in manufacturing jobs. And there, of course, was an increase in government jobs. Now, it does not matter whether you're in an inflationary or deflationary environment, government jobs tend to increase. And the Fed saying, oh, look at all these government jobs. That's inflationary. Come on, let's pay attention. I'm not going to say to the real economy, let's pay attention to the real economy. Creating jobs, even at higher wages, is a positive, not a negative, and the Fed should look at that. If this were a year ago, that jobs number would be looked at negatively because there weren't enough jobs created. Really? Then yesterday, the ISM number was better than expected. Oh my goodness. We have the economy still growing, although growing at a slower rate due to whatever the Fed is doing. There is some resilience there. That to me, again, is a positive, should not be viewed negatively. Now, of course, the market is viewing anything negatively that is positive news because it means that the Fed will continue raising rate and might raise short-term interest rates higher than had been expected. And again, this is all, in my estimation, guessing. I have stated before, I think the Fed is way beyond doing what they have needed to do, and anything more could at some point hurt the economy, and that would be a negative. That said, nobody is talking about the value of the Fed's bond portfolio, which is going down in value. Very few people are talking about the losses in bonds, indeed quite the opposite. If they're talking that you should be a buyer of bonds as they believe, despite talk and action otherwise, that interest rates are close to peaking. And if interest rates are close to peaking, that means they're going to go down. And falling interest rates mean rising bond prices. My sense is that if bond prices go up, stock prices will also go up. Stock prices will rise faster. I do remain focused on the areas, at least with my clients, that have proved over a long term to produce good results. That's companies involved in the internet, companies involved in leisure pursuits, China-related businesses. And I do believe that China could be opening or reopening soon, which would be another plus and real asset, including real estate. Good advice, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. Now's the time for you to pick up the phone and make the call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by dialing 952-925-5608.
5608, where you're always going to get straight talk and you're never going to get sugar-coated advice. Josh, once again, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you again on Thursday. Look forward to it. Thanks, Chris. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser.